Welcome to the Clam Bake. How do you like me now? Maybe as a chowder or on a platter with melted butter and tangy mustard in a cluster from the coast of California. A trust of luscious mussels bathed in the gravitational pull of the moon with a new batch coming soon. Fresh baked and tastefully welcoming you to the Clam Bake. Welcome to the Clam opposite of a sausage fest. I'm Angela Gallner. And I am Lindsay Stidham. And we want to be better feminists. Yes. Each week we interview different guests about their experiences, challenges, triumphs, and follies with feminism. Because being a human is tough. And being a feminist is complicated. But our best resource... Oh my goodness, Angela. But our best resource is each other. So let's get talking. <laughs> Welcome to the Clam Bake Clams. <gasps> Welcome. We haven't recorded in a while. Yeah, we did it. We, 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 we did like a mass recording yeah. of many people back to back. little inside, in, inside yeah. baseball for you guys. Is that the correct usage of that? Yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> little Sports. A behind the scenes scoop. <laughs> Sometimes we record in advance. Clam knowledge. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> How's your clam lens? Well, I'm sure everybody's going to hear about my saga. My clam is busted. My body broke down on me. First I had the flu, and then now I found out I got to have knee surgery, so I'm rolling around on crutches, then maybe going to have a knee stabilizer, which is so sexy. Sexy, sexy. <laughs> just like perpetually sweaty being on crutches, just like hobbling. not going to be uh, dating for a while. You make hobbling look so good, though, I have to say. Am I uh, looking better on the crutches? Well, you just do, you just hobble with such determination. <laughs> <laughs> the first day I know I looked really pathetic. And the day that, God bless you, Angela took me to the ER, I know I look so pathetic. You were just in a lot of pain. I was in a lot of pain. That's before I got my pain, my painkillers and my marijuana. And yeah. now that I'm like, I'm like not a druggy or stoner, but like now that I've discovered marijuana, I think I'm going to be a stoner sometime. Lindsay likes to say that she's, what, what, what did you say? I... I, I got I got high. No, you didn't say that. You said something really. Do- you said a dorky version <laughs> so of it dorky. that was amazing. It was like I did marijuana yeah. today. I like did marijuana like it today. was heroin. And I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you smoked dope. Like what? It's, like it's naughty. Yeah, yeah. I just had the same conversation with the amazing ladies from Guilty Pleasure, and they were also making fun of me. But we had this conversation about how there's still weird shame around smoking marijuana, getting high, whatever you want to call it, because we grew up in the generation where they were like, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs. And, like, it was illegal for a very long time in the state of California. God bless it. Now it's completely legal. I, like, walked in, no medical card, didn't have to give them any information, paid cash money for legal drugs. And it was, like, maybe one of the greatest days of my life because I was in pain. So I was yeah. like, I was like, thank you. <laughs> I wish I could remember the other thing you were saying that was really funny. Which you were, I'm realizing now been... you're probably high when you were saying <laughs> these like ridiculous sentences. <laughs> I've also been using the term smoke grass a lot lately. Oh my like, God. Like I'm like 65 years Grandma. old. Grandma. <laughs> Grandma found the drugs. <laughs> yeah, I found them. So that's how my life is. It's a, You know, Great. it's going all right because I have discovered the joys of marijuana. I'm trying different things out for the times I'm in pain and for post-surgery because I don't want to take no painkillers. No. Let's fuck with your mind. That's really bad. Yeah. 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 So anyway, that's how my clam is. How's Great. your clam? Thanks for taking care of my clam, P.S. Oh, girl. I really owe I you. I got your clam. Your clam is my clam. I'm sorry, clam. 
Um, I'm going to say the most, like, uh, Californian white girl thing I could possibly say. And that is that I got a really intense, like, deep tissue massage yesterday. Yeah. And it fucked me up. (laughs) Like, emotionally and physically, I've just been trying to just, like, guzzle water nonstop because I feel like it really let some crazy shit out. Yes. And I like couldn't. I sweat. I slept twelve hours last night. I like have. I'm. I'm finally feeling a little bit more like myself. But I was like out of it all day. I felt like my brain was in this weird. Yeah. Anyway, that's pretty great though. Was, you were yeah, stoned nice. from a massage. I was stoned from a massage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Great. We've had a very California <laughs> week of tragedy oh, and we're triumph. We're in the perfect brain space <laughs> to jump into a podcast. I know. We have an amazing person here today. Oh, we're so excited. Um, this week we have Michelle. I just asked you how to pronounce it. Shegda? Shegda, yeah. Yes! Michelle Shegda, the founder and president of Girls Pact. Um, and we are so excited to be talking with her. Um, we met her through Molly Tricano, who you will remember from our episode on birth control. And she was listening to one of our other episodes. I think it was the Aziz Ansari episode where we were sort of like wishful thinking that there were programs that went into schools and taught yes. about consent <coughs> and self-confidence. Totally. And Molly was like, actually, Angela. <laughs> there are. Get with it. Get with it. <laughs> um, so we're so excited. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Um, so you you founded the nonprofit Girls Pact in 2016 to foster critical thinking in more than 200 young adults, age 15 to 24, annually, educating and training them around issues of choice, healthy relationships, boundaries and consent, sexuality, and sexual health. You you also have served as the national director of the literacy <coughs> programs at the SAG After <coughs> Foundation, where you help transform the signature of. Uh, I'm no, I'm talking too fast. This is my brain, my brain. Where this is my brain post-massage brain. Where you helped transform the Signature Children's Literary Program Storyline Online into a daytime any award award-nominated program. You've also served as the director of education at the Boys and Girls Club in Venice for eight years. Amazing. I mean, holy crap. It's yeah, an incredible resume. You've just, Thank you. like, by the sounds of it, you've just dedicated your entire professional life to uplifting young people. Uh, yeah. When I look back on it, I think that's the path that I ended up taking, kind of not really planning to do it. But, um, yeah, I like working with young people. Yes. <laughs> awesome. That's so cool. Can't wait to dive in. I know. Well, our first question for everybody who comes on this podcast is, are you a feminist? Why or why not? I am a feminist. Um, I, you know, rock my button. That's like feminist as fuck. But I also have a hard time with the word because I feel like, especially right now, we're like kind of um, like I feel like a humanist is probably more of like the right term. Like I want equality for everybody. And I feel we have like these women marches and these women programs and all these kind of empowerment things that we're like really separating the guys from the girls. And so sometimes I think it's unfair to be like, a feminist because it carries these like n- like negative connotations and so I do say that I'm a feminist but like I always kind of follow up with like well no I just want everything everyone to be treated fairly and um, kind of have that equality for all so it's probably like a humanist and civil rights yeah. <laughs> kind yeah. of person yeah. yeah yeah it bums me out when people feel the word is super exclusionary um, because us as white feminists have a lot of work to do to make people feel that it can be an inclusionary word. And same thing for what you're saying about men is like, I I know a few men who like 
are very proud to call themselves that, but we've had amazing men on this podcast that I've always considered allies that were so afraid to use the word. Because yeah. um, it bums me out sometimes when people are like, it's a scary word, which is like one of the reasons why we started this podcast, because as long as we've got the people in power that we have in power right now, it's like, I feel like we should use the word. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to it's hard to like remove the word from its historical context though and it is so weighted in the history mm-hmm. of the feminist movement is has been so problematic. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. I yeah, I understand the resistance to it or or something that kind of pings that maybe doesn't feel 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. So tell us in your own definition what is girls pact? Um, so Girls Pact is, Pact stands for Power, Advocate, Choice, and Triumph. Um, so ultimately, it's a pregnancy prevention program, or it kind of started out with that intention to kind of combat unplanned pregnancy, and to do that through um, the power of, like, revealing your own self-confidence. And um, But it kind of evolved a lot since then, where it was realizing, you know, I wanted girls, it started with girls only as well, and like just kind of working towards taking care of their own sexual health and being in healthy relationships and making that choice to decide when they're ready to start a family. Um, But now, you know, in the last two years with like current times, there's just so many issues around, you know, sexual assault and gender issues now and gender identity and stereotypes and um, consent and assertive communication. And um, so our curriculum kind of evolved to cover to cover more than just pregnancy prevention. You know, we do have those conversations, but there's a lot more around that so that they're prepared to make the right choices that are for them. Yeah. That's amazing. So cool. Yeah. So how does um, how does it function? We just re-kind of vamped our platform, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, so now we have clubs on campus, which means there's girls on high school and college campuses that act as like co-presidents and they kind of do the recruiting and we meet weekly. And so I go there weekly with them and do, you know, whatever the curriculum and the topics are. And so that usually lasts the length of the school year, which is pretty cool. So I'm with them the whole time. That's so cool. Yeah, it's fun. And you build relationships better with them. And I see them year after year. So you can kind of see their progress. And then I'm also doing like workshop series so I can go to like a boys and girls club and maybe run a program for four weeks there just on assertive communication skills or, you know, go to other nonprofits or agencies that would benefit or like my work would complement what they're already doing. And, um, you know, and even do an outreach for to do like part of a conference, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe doing a two hour workshop, you know, in some conference. So it's there's a lot. Like I can fill, kind of fit the need for. Yeah, it sounds like it's pretty whatever. flexible. Yeah, and malleable. it's really, really flexible. Yeah, and I think my experience makes me comfortable with like, I'll meet your needs. What do you guys need? You know, and I can facilitate and manage the groups, and so it's kind of easy to jump right into things and just yeah. mold it to what it needs to be. So each chapter has like a focus on need for the school. So like, if it's younger kids, maybe it's confidence, and if it's college, maybe it's consent type of thing. Uh, kind of. They kind. Of, it's all older kids, so it's like 15, 16 year olds and older. Mm-hmm. So it's usually. It just depends, like, the conversations, I guess, get smarter, you know, because the sure. college kids might be a little more aware or more conscious of things. So those we still keep the same curriculum and activities, but it kind of can get a little deeper when it's college kids. The high school kids, you know, it gets more challenging that um, sometimes they're first afraid to open up or they don't know how they're supposed to think, you know, so there might be more time on, like, building your personal values and before you jump into the relationship talks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So how did how did, where did this stem from? Like, tell us a little bit about the inception and um, how you formed this. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a long story, I guess. Um, I have a twin brother, and his girlfriend got pregnant our senior year in high school. So, and we were raised Catholic, and nobody tells you in Catholic school about birth control or sex or relationships. You know, <laughs> you're not supposed to have sex before marriage. You know, all these yeah. kind of things. And I think it's kind of funny too, like knowing what I know now, like that was a teachable moment for my parents and they never really talked to me. And so I went off to college and my twin brother, who's the same age, you know, is, um, he's a dad, you know? And so it was like, okay, there's a huge missing piece, you know? And then you even go to college and it was kind of like, you didn't really talk about stuff, even with your girlfriends, you Mm -hmm. know? And, um, so I was always curious and like, you know, we'd go to Planned Parenthood. We didn't have the internet really at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you go to like a big state school or like a Catholic no, school? No, I'm from, school? I went to Catholic school growing up and yeah. I'm from back east in Philadelphia and I went to um, LaSalle University. So it was kind of, again, Catholic, you yeah. know, yeah. like kind of. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so like I kind of learned things on my own. And then when I got out of college, I was working, doing like GED programs and like life skills with young adults. And I saw that a lot of the 17-year-olds were coming that, that were teen moms. And the dad was no longer in the picture. And after getting to know them, I realized um, they were making choices for the wrong reasons. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, oh, well, if I don't sleep with them, they're going to leave me. You know, and it was not really about themselves. It was about keeping that relationship. And right. they were losing what they were about. Um, so then, like, fast forward, I came out here to L.A. And I was working at the Boys and Girls Club for years. And I could see the same things like girls could be super confident and like I was one of them like be confident in school and whatever I was doing but once I got in a relationship you're just like ah like I don't know am I pretty enough am I skinny enough do I look good does Mm -hmm. this if I don't do this are they going to like me and it's hard for us for whatever reason to stand by our principles so I was talking to girls at the um the boys and girls club and we were able to kind of like I had their feedback I guess they were kind of like a focus group from Venice High and they wanted to talk about the dropout crisis in Venice High Mm. and how it was contributing and how teen pregnancy contributed to that so we worked together I put together a um a like a curriculum kind of thing and originally it started it was 10 weeks eight weeks was curriculum based and two weeks was like a community service project um and so at the time AT&T and America's Promise was offering grant money. So we applied for the grant. We got it. Um, I thought it was just going to be this one-time thing, and then girls were coming back. And so this was 2010, and so Mm. it's been a long kind of process um, that has been evolving and growing and changing and adapting. Um, You know, and then 2016 was when we got our 501c3. Wow. Yeah. And it's packed across America now? Not yet. I want it to be. um, Mm -hmm. The internet should help with that, and like working on getting curriculum available um, yeah. online. And but it's it's we're tiny, you know. It's yeah. kind of a one woman show right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, me and volunteers, and I do have like one you know part time staff that kind of mm-hmm. assists with the fundraising. But um, yeah, so it's it's been hard, and I feel like there is a fit for it to be national, and I Absolutely. feel like it can complement a lot of programs. It's just making the time to <laughs> make totally. the curriculum available kind totally. of thing. Right. So it's yeah. a- around California because it's both college and high school, so all through California right now? or Not just wherever I can get to. Wherever right now it's to. predominantly on the west side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. High schools and colleges on the west side. Yeah. Of LA, yeah. And um, I um, I actually have taught LA, LA USD, but it's been quite a while. So um, what is the situation for sex ed right now? Is there any? Is there none? The schools... <laughs> frustrate me a lot. There's a lot of red tape and there's a lot of, um, 
I don't like getting parent permission and all these kind of things. And it's still like very taboo. Mm -hmm. And um, so I don't think it's happening in the classrooms or they might do like talk about basic. This is how you get pregnant and this is how you don't get pregnant. But I don't think they talk about all the other circumstances. Um, And I think, you know, that's what we bring to it. But it's really hard to get on school campuses. And that's kind of why Mm. I like navigate through the club route so the mm-hmm. kids do it and they bring it and then I can kind of support it it's kind of brilliant yeah yeah, yeah. kind of like <laughs> sneaky I don't know if I should yeah. be saying all this out loud but um but yeah and it works but then it's like gives the kids like a leadership opportunity and then they're engaged in it and they want to do it and they're like co-presidents um, yeah and then all my co-presidents end up meeting we meet on Sundays and kind of do a they're like my focus group I can practice curriculum with them or we do like other small projects or they organize we're doing like takeover Tuesday on Instagram right Mm -hmm. now so I can kind of assign them to help do some of our business side of things yeah Um, that's amazing but yeah so it's I kind of yeah I adapt (laughs) to make things work and to get my message out there yeah so cool yeah um, is Los Angeles a place that has like a, a quite a high level of teen pregnancy over other feel places like, in the country? I don't know. I feel like it's probably comparable to any big city. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, because where I came from, it was, you know, pregnancy rates were kind of the same. Uh, and I think, like, it's the way people handle it. You know, I think certain cultures and demographics and depending on the money that you have, like, you can get pregnant, but more people are willing to have an abortion than some people, you know, mm-hmm. and so I think that changes the rates as well. And, yeah, um, sure. You know, and so, like, a lot of people think, like, oh, Girls Pact, you know, it's a nonprofit. That's so great. You're doing underserved kids, working with underserved kids. But it's, like, no, this is a universal. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not, like, just, like, these poor yeah. people, you know, that have these issues. Right. You know, like, I went to Catholic school and yeah. middle class, you know, and it's just, like, you're seeing the same stuff. But I think it's just the way it's handled or what's acceptable. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, and especially in states like Texas and Louisiana where it's just becoming so difficult to get an abortion. Like I already know Texas has seen huge spikes in teen pregnancy right now, yeah. which is just uh, so frustrating. Yeah, 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 it is. <laughs> All these rules around everything yeah. is very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. There are some really staggering statistics on your website that I wanted to share Um of all teens 15 to 19 get pregnant. That's over 615,000 teens every year. One out of every two pregnancies is to a woman who says she is not ready to have a baby or does not want to have the child at all. I mean, holy shit. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I know. When I found that, too, I'm like, and it's so true. Like, so many, even adult women are like, well... I guess we're ready to have a kid, you know? And so it's just like, let's think about this and figure this out. Right? It's like... it it just that that one especially just like yeah. blows yeah. my mind especially when you think of like how overpopulated we are mm-hmm. how underfunded children's programs yeah. are how unsupported women and mothers are yeah. it's like yeah if we just didn't have all these unwanted pregnancies maybe we'd be able to start addressing some of this <laughs> exactly. stuff and like yeah. Su- yeah. support fam actually support families yeah for sure yeah oh <sighs> Yeah. Um, this one I laughed at. Um, 
88% of sexually active youth participating in virginity pledge programs but broke the pledge and had sex before marriage. Yeah. Me! Yeah. I grew up Catholic too. <laughs> yeah, and it's just so much pressure. Yeah. And yeah, like, it's too much. And, and then you feel guilty and then there's all this guilt around your relationships. It's it's nuts. All yeah. of it's nuts. Is and then that it's, something that's taught in schools at all still to like make a virginity pledge? Or it, it, that's more I stemming think that was from more church like Bible Belt yeah. areas and yeah. – um, yeah, I don't know how frequently. I feel like nothing's taught anymore. Like all this stuff is like taboo and it's just whatever is said at home. You know. So bizarre. Yeah. Like I had a health class where we looked at a lot of pictures of STDs and that was like their plan for us not yeah. to have it's sex. It's just the in scare tactics. Yeah. Don't do it or you'll get this. Yeah, yeah. totally. But yeah. like talking about sex was like pretty open where I went to high school, but I'll never forget the class where they're like all the slides of all the STDs. Yeah. Scare, 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 scare. Yeah. Yeah. And then they don't even like bring in like just get tested. You know, right. it's, they just make it like you're this terrible, evil person if you get that, you know, and it's yeah. just like, right, totally. you're sick. You yeah. know, like yeah. take care of yourself or put, you know, there's no Yeah, there's no in between yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. It's interesting too. I can't remember if I said this on a previous podcast, but my mom was listening to, it might've been the podcast that Molly was on where we were talking about um, uh, uh, sex ed in, in high schools and how, I don't even remember it at all. And my mom, so she... Was she in high school in the 70s? And that was right when Masters and Johnson was happening. So she learned about, like, the female orgasm in health class. That's amazing. Yeah. She's like, I remember having conversations with my dad because they were high school sweethearts Mm. where they would, like, joke about, like – plateaus and like the differences between male and female like arousal patterns so amazing and it was like what yeah what yeah. <laughs> we went way backwards like, from that i what? was like are you kidding yeah. and this was in like small town minnesota oh wow i think that's also when that um well also uh what's the guy's name who they made the show about him and all his sex experiments no susan I mean, johnson yeah yeah th- but he was based in the midwest right wasn't he at indiana university or something oh like i don't that? remember maybe i think so that's also the time that that book about pregnancy that people still buy got really popular <laughs> what to like expect deeply, when you're expecting yes ah. i think so i think it was like right around then like uh. where every woman who was gonna have a baby got that book but it it's still a great book like people still give women that book like yeah. know everything that's gonna go down if yeah. you got a baby Another statistic I thought was crazy was that one in five teen births are to a teen who already has a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and because then they don't – this kind of drives me nuts too when it's like a teen, you know, gets pregnant. Nobody in their family had talked to her about like not getting pregnant or what to do not Mm -hmm. to get it. If you educate them, you're teaching them to like to have sex or whatever, and then they have the baby and the family's all excited. So, and then they, like, kind of rally around, and you're like, well, it's so many mixed messages. Right. You know, what is it? And, you know, and then sometimes kids kind of will get pregnant as, like, their way out. Like, if they're feeling like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, or it feels kind of hopeless. So that's like, oh, well, this baby will give me purpose, and Mm -hmm. I have something going on, and I'm going to be supported, and my family's going to love it. So, you know, again, it's bringing a child in for all the wrong reasons. But it's like, and then once you have one, it just statistically, you're not taking care of yourself and you right. just kind of have another one quickly after. I mean, I'm not sure which programming manager at MTV was like, we definitely need a show called Teen Mom. I don't <laughs> yeah. know who made that choice, but like... 
I don't know. Yikes. Not cool, dude. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I also feel like sure. it was a dude. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I know. Yeah. To glorify how yeah, this yeah. baby world. <laughs> this totally. <laughs> well, that makes me um, want to ask you a little bit more about this confidence building piece that you talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, how how does how does that function? Like, what are some of the strategies and ways that you foster conversations around self confidence? Um. A lot of it is having them identify, like, what their personal values are. And so we always do – you guys probably did – I don't know. I feel like every woman did this, where you put, like, your checklist of, like, what you're looking for Mm. in a partner. Um, And then you kind of, like – They say you manifest it and then they appear, but it hasn't worked that way No, it hasn't worked for me either. But I still do it just in case and, like, just – Better safe than sorry. Yeah, and at least just so I know what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. So we do activities – exercise. Yeah, around there and, like – and then kind of, like, okay, what will you compromise on? And then when you're, um, when that happens, you know, like, why are you staying in the relationship if you're not willing to compromise on that? And we, I compare it a lot to like friends where Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes we're just like, my friend, you know, lied to me or did something. I'm cutting them off. Like, that's a bitch, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But then we could be with a partner and they're doing the same harmful things, but we kind of stay. And so I I try to make those comparisons too of Mm -hmm. like... Like you're you're ready to cut yourself off from this relationship because you're saying that's not healthy, but this one's not healthy either. Like, why are you kind of staying in it? Um, right. And so it's more, I guess, bringing real life scenarios to them, and then they're just like, oh, like you know, some of them will have their aha moments of, um, you know, kind of figuring that out. And it's like, if you're if you're settling for that, that's going to decrease your self confidence and your self worth because you feel like you're not worthy for something better. Or you're settling for something that right you don't want but it's like you're stuck and you know so it's really just and I think the group environment because I do put a lot of um we have like our gossip time you know and the Mm -hmm. kids will come and talk about their relationship drama and I put a lot you know the advice back on their peers and Mm -hmm. so it's just interesting to hear what they say because of course we give other people better advice or like we don't take our own advice yeah so it's like just interesting to hear that and I think that's helpful when they mm-hmm. feel like they can share and nobody's judging them. And it's just like, well, if I was in your shoes, I would do this. And so we don't ever tell them what to do. You know, we can suggest and, you know, be there to support. But um, I think after a while, so some of the things do click and they're like, okay, I need to cut this off and move mm-hmm. on and figure it out. Yeah. So yeah. it sounds like it almost like at a campus level almost functions as like a higher level, almost support group or like like woman yeah. supportive community yeah yeah and like some people think like are you like a therapist because it's almost like you're talking about all yeah. of this stuff but I'm not and it's just that space that just leaves it open to talk about real things you know and we all right. go through it so once they're like get it out it's almost like a relief like finally I have somebody to like bounce ideas off of or figure this out together and um so yeah it's very supportive yeah. that's really cool yeah um, I'm looking at so you have on your on your website you have this lovely like menu of topics, mm-hmm. um, and there's what I stand for. There's good communication, boundaries, control versus respect. Um, do you is there? And then we get into heavier topics like consent versus assault, safer sex, gender norms. Um, do you find that right now? Um, campuses or young people are gravitating towards specific subject matters that they want to talk about? Um, Kind of. I think a lot of it, because in the media, like, so now with, like, this Me Too movement, people were more aware. And, um, like, my message to them is kind of now, like, okay, we know this is happening 
because we could talk forever. Everybody could talk about some experience that they had or somebody <laughs> they knew. And it's kind of like, okay, we're we're talking about it, but what's changing, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And so what can you do if you see, you know, when you're catcalled on the street, can you stand up or help a friend out or do something? And so it's trying to get to that point mm-hmm. um, to figure out, okay, like, we now we're aware of all of this, but what can we do about it? And um, we do have guys coming. We have like this guys for girls pact initiative. Yeah. So that's helpful in these conversations because then it's like you're educating because some of them don't know. You know, sure. we're, like saying all these terrible like guys are assholes. You know, I hate guys. You know, all these kind of things. But it's not really an excuse. But some of them are really ignorant and don't right. know that they're offending you or crossing boundaries or making you uncomfortable or all these kind of things. Do you have them with both men and women together in the group or are they yeah. separate? Yeah. Together. Yep. Yeah. That's really cool. So yeah. in those scenarios, is that when you get into conversations about consent as well? Or how does that work when they're together? Yeah, I do the same thing when they're together. Um, it's, you know, easy to adapt. I mean, being a girl, I kind of was able to identify more with those things. and um, But also now with all the talk about, you know, sexuality and how you identify, you know, male, female, and gender fluid, um, that, you know, I want to be conscious and be inclusive for everything. Mm-hmm. So it's really keeping the same conversation because it's going to affect all of us, you know. Yeah. And so just keeping, yeah, making sure everybody feels welcome and can share their own experiences. That's awesome. So is it an open door policy or you do like specific days where you invite in the guys and it's kind of open um, all the the activities every week. It's like kind of standalone, you know, so if you come, you don't feel like you're left out. You're I mean, obviously, it, yeah. it's great to have you at the start of the school year or whatever and come all the way through. Um, and then even like the workshop series, I guess during the, the clubs on campus is easier for like drop in and kind of the come and go. The workshop series that can be tricky like it is open but I feel like you get more out of it if you're committing mm-hmm. to um, the whole kind of series or whatever yeah. but yeah like guys anybody can come at any time I'm not going to be like yeah. no don't be here you know yeah. I kind of warn that because the earlier when I first start we kind of like warm up set you know like personal sure. values isn't that intimate to be talking about so we kind of get to know each other a little bit and then dive into the deeper kind of conversations. Yeah. This might be a silly question, but do you have to incentivize people to come initially, or are they just so hungry for this because there's such a void for it that they are there for it? Yeah, it. I guess it depends. I do offer incentives. They High schools, for their graduation requirement, they have to have um, like 40 hours of community service hours. So I do offer that because I know that the information I'm giving them, they can take to a friend and pass along and kind of advocate for them. Um, Even though I do offer that, a lot of people never ask me for them, you Mm -hmm. know, at the end. So either they forgot about it or they're just ultimately were coming because they liked it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I think I think once and my motto is always like, just come try it. If you yeah. don't like it, you don't ever have to come again, but right. just see what it's about and see what's going on. And usually even the toughest person is like, okay, fine, I liked it. You yeah. know, and yeah. I'll come back. Yeah. 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 So are they coming also to on their own time versus school time? There's this ne- never built into school curriculum or something. Yeah, it's not in it school is. curriculum. Yeah. It's either during lun- their lunchtime. Right. Um, and then, you know, the workshops, I'm going to them. It's usually after school. Yeah. 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 Very cool. <laughs> That's so awesome. So have you noticed – um, like a a change in the way kids are talking about sexual assault and consent within the last year as as our culture has kind of changed. Yeah, or- I feel like it's um 
I feel like they're talking about it more, but it's kind of unrealistic of like, you know, when we talk about like consent or boundaries or respect where it's like, well, no, I'm going to tell that person no and they should respect my boundaries, like end of story. And it's kind of like, that's not really what's happening. You know, like, you know, I'll compare it to our like peer pressure days, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, and we do that through however, you know, like your friends now are like, come on, just come out and have a drink with me. One drink, you know, and we're pressuring Mm -hmm. like, and we're still trying to get your consent. Um, And so I think they're not, they try to make it more like black and white. Well, like, no, like I said, no, and they're going to respect that. And I think that it's not that easy and the areas get a little more great. And it's just like, they're going to pressure you a little bit, you know, and like, how do you assert yourself or how do you communicate? And you have to remember your feelings are involved. Like you right. do like this person. So you're kind of like flattered and it's like the peer pressure, you know? And so mm-hmm. even though you're not ready to do that, your brain is telling you other things or your body's telling you other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're at a point of we talk about it and they're aware of this stuff happening, but I don't think it's being talked about enough in like those practical settings of like no means no. Like, yeah, it does, but we pressure people all the time right. to, you know, get what we want, but we make it so like consent is all about sex, but it's like about everything. Like yeah. asking to borrow your phone, you know, like all these yeah. kind of things. So Yeah, that big coercion piece, that feels like the next stage of this whole conversation, right? It's yeah. like coercion and power dynamics yeah. and yeah. being socialized specific ways because you're a woman. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. What what totally. I feel like particularly when you get to college, it's very, very tricky. Yeah. Because you're experiencing so many things for the first time. And yeah, and trying to fit in and making yeah. new friends yeah. and where are you and Away your identity from home usually and, yeah. for the first time. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Has yeah. has any like specific like messaging or conversations have you felt has been particularly um like eye opening for the boys that attend? Um I think what was more eye-opening having the boys was realizing how much they don't understand and Hmm. like how they kind of feel especially like hetero guys like they just are kind of floating in this and they don't know like they might stand for going to the women's march but they don't know if that's their place to kind of fit in and fight for this equality um you know they'll hear guys like objectifying you know women like if it's in the locker room or on campus and they don't know you know kind of what their place is and I think it's kind of made me more sensitive to, like, kind of that ignorance, you know, Mm -hmm. and not, like, instead of, like, hating on them, like, how can we bring them to the conversation and educate them a little bit? Because I just felt like we were were missing the boat on that. Yeah, like missing the opportunity, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. so there, yeah, so it's, I feel like that was just more eye-opening for me of, like, shoot, these guys don't even know that they're doing something harmful or, you know, or what they're doing in relationships. And So how have you found you can bring them to the conversation where everybody feels comfortable and not confronted? Uh, I think it's just the same. Yeah, we don't, it's very safe. Like it's never, and I kind of like preface everything with that of like, we're not judging, you know, and I'll put them on the spot a lot. Like, well, how do you think you made that person feel if you did that, you know? And, um, And I do, we do a lot of role playing so that it's can kind of get them, you know, in that mindset and just and everybody there's so many different perspectives. And I think that's one of the things we bring up a lot, too, is like you don't know where people are coming from. You right. know, so that's going to be a big, you know, part of people's actions and behaviors is based on how they're raised or what their background is or what their experience is. So I think there's a lot of the sensitivity training and mm-hmm. like knowing that 
that, yeah, we're not judging you. It's just a place to learn. And could you do something differently kind of the next time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. Yeah. I do love you- that you've given your um, company the label Sex Positive. Um, like, how would you define that in the context of Girls Pact? Um, I think, well, for me, I think it was growing up, like, sex was so shameful because you're, you know, in this Catholic school and you don't talk about it and it's only to procreate and, you know, like, all these kind of things where it's kind of, I don't really care, I mean, I guess I care, but, like, I don't really care what you're doing as long as you're taking care of yourself and you're doing it for your, like, the right reasons, you know, as long as it's you're standing in your own power and it's like, this is what I want to be doing, um, then, you know, I'm okay with it. So it's kind of just encouraging that sex is okay and sex can be fun and sex can be nice and wonderful and all these kind of things. And as long as you're doing it for you, not right. to get something else out of it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you, have you experienced any pushback from schools or parents of high schoolers? When we did like, well, not so much pushback, but there was a lot of questions. I think this website we have now is new, but, um, I think before, because when it's marketed as like a pregnancy prevention program, sure, it's people automatically think you're te- like preaching abstinence or teaching abortion or teaching ways to like get rid of a pregnancy, or right? Something, you know, and it's like yeah. no, it's more just this comprehensive sexual health kind of curriculum that talks all about relationships and sex is part of relationships. So then there's a time to talk about that, but it's really where are you at and are you having healthy relationships first before you even get to the kind of sex piece. Um, so not so much I have, and I think because I'm getting in the schools in the back door kind of way, that there's not a lot of people that knows what is being talked about. Yeah. Um, but we spend so much more time just talking about relationships than really even getting into, um, like birth control. You know, some girls will have questions, but it's, I mean, Planned Parenthood, their whole site, you know, you can read everything that you want. So it's more directing them to that resource kind of thing. Um, so we spend more time just making sure they're ready to even get yeah. to that point. And, you know, if it's like if you can't talk to your partner about birth control, you're probably not ready to be sexually active with your partner. <laughs> because right. if it's weird and awkward, just to have that conversation, I'm sure sex is going to be weird and awkward for you kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Man, I wish I had <laughs> had something like That's this. It. I know everyone said. Because, I mean, even as adults, we still have these same conversations. Oh, my God. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel yeah. especially the same relationship a, nonsense. Yes. And yeah. And we live in a city of very, like, non-commitment. Like, it's hard to get somebody to commit to going to fucking brunch with yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. Like, so to, like, commit yeah. to you as a person in a city of selfishness is yeah. really hard. Yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. Whew, we're talking about heavy stuff with these people, but I'm so glad you're here to do it. It's it's rad. Well, it's yeah, like yeah. there's so much nuance, right? Like like what you were just saying, like how sex is kind of maybe the simplest part of what you're dealing <laughs> yeah. with. It's yeah. like relationships are so nuanced and they're so complicated, and especially like before your brain is con- like yeah done growing like I was my emotions were like out of control when I was in my late teens early 20s like I had no my I I, like couldn't slow down my thinking process and my emotional reactions and I just remember everything feeling so life and death all the time that if I would have like had a space to like stop and dissect what was going on a little bit more it probably would have helped me make 
decisions that were more aligned with who I yeah. was and wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think with social media, that's complicated. Yeah. All of their relationships. I didn't even think of, we haven't even touched on social yeah. media no, yet. And so it's just like, oh, well, he's following me and he's liked all my pictures. <laughs> you know, does that mean yeah. they like me? And yeah. then if they direct message them where it's like, I don't know, you know, they called you on the phone. So that was really like yeah. your only choice yeah. for me. So that adds just that other element. And now we have all these like ghosting and like, you know, yeah. whatever, manipulating them and gaslighting and um, so it just got really complicated. And right. Netflix and chill, yeah. what it, you know, friends with benefits, like they're just. And then are, are teens using dating apps much, or is their world confined enough that that's, they're not really doing that? I think they're using like just regular apps as dating apps. Yeah, like they'll yeah. meet people on Instagram, kind of thing. But right. they're not really using like. Ten, I mean, they haven't told me they were. I feel like, but they're. Like, if I ask them where they met somebody, oh, I, I met on Instagram. And I'm like, That's so, so weird. weird. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. Sliding into those DMs. Yeah. I know. Because I'm like, how do you do that? And they're like, well, yeah. You know, if they if I see they're liking a lot of my pictures, then I'm liking theirs. And then it'll go to, like, a direct message. And I'm like, do you meet them? Because, I mean, they could be from wherever. I know. How do you? Yeah. And so some of them have met up. And I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. 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 Um, teach me your ways, children, of how you ask each other <laughs> right? on Instagram. Yeah. Well, they keep it very vague. Like, it's not really, and that's what makes it complicated. Because right. it's not like, I like you, will you go out with me kind of right, thing. Right. It's still, like, just based on pictures. They're like, oh, you seem cool, let's hang out. Kind right. of. And so it's, they don't, and nobody's assertive enough to be like, what is this? And they're like, right. well, if I say that, then I'm going to scare the person away. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, we have a lot of those conversations, too, of, like, how do you tell somebody you like them in this world, you know? And mm-hmm. how do you move to, like, a relationship level uh, if you want that? Mm-hmm. I feel like every dating app company needs to also hold workshops like this. I, they I probably should. Like, yeah. It's just remarkable how, like, I feel like my life in – I'm single, if that's not already obvious. But um, <laughs> I feel like – Drink every time Lindsay mentions that she's single. <laughs> I literally feel like my dating life has regressed since I have aged and since I've moved to Los Angeles. Yep. Because I feel like dating apps have destroyed – how people communicate and interact yeah and people are terrible at communication and when I was younger when I first moved here and there were no dating apps people would call me on the phone and ask me out and like that is not something that exists in the dating world right now which is so sad it's just such a bummer yeah yeah and because then you have to figure out like the levels too of like like which is more personal is it email is it texting is it facebook messenger you know and like you're so it's like well they sent me a message on facebook does that mean they're really serious or (laughs) you know and so it's like all this analyzing and it's just just ask the person but yeah not conditioned to do that so not at all anymore like uh, yeah people are like don't call me on the phone list somebody is dying like i have (laughs) yeah i hate a phone call i have friends who have like said that to me and i am like what are you talking yeah, about like yeah. i love talking on the phone yeah. especially when i'm stuck in goddamn traffic yeah, in los sure. angeles like, i get a phone call and i'm like what are you doing you psychopath oh <laughs> uh, yeah 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 i mean seriously what's up bumble tinder happen <laughs> grinder get on the workshops <laughs> 
We need uh, them. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, what would you do? Like, have, like, a meetup kind of workshop? Or what? Yeah, and actually, some of them are doing this. Like, the only one that I know is doing this a lot is Bumble. Like, uh. Bumble has a lot of meetups. Um, OkCupid used to do it, but I don't know if they do it anymore. But Bumble does a lot of meetups to meet in person oh, to get people, like, off the apps. Yeah. They don't do workshops, as far as I know. But they yeah. do do, like, come meet in person. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And then there's a lot of people starting companies to, like, profit off people's loneliness to be like, we should meet in person. Yeah. One of my friends is one of them. She just had, like, a, a singles night meetup, and there were, like, she, they hardly posted about it. They posted on Facebook, like, three times. Like, 75 people were there from, wow. like, almost no press, from, like, no press, no PR. Yeah. And they're like, oh, shit, we maybe have a business on our hands. And I'm like, yeah, people yeah. are so thirsty pun intended, to, like, <laughs> not meet on a freaking dating yeah, app. Yeah. Like, have a connection in real life. Um, so it actually warms my heart to know that kids are like, yeah, I'm going to scope this person's Instagram and figure out <laughs> something about them and then decide if I even want to message them instead of just be like, I guess I'll swipe right on this person I find vaguely attractive. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh. 2018 god yep. damn it <laughs> somebody send me a robot i don't know oh boy. we went to we went to a dark place <laughs> let's bring it i'm gonna bring let's us bring back, it back to pack i'm gonna bring, bring it back, back to, to girls back yeah um so i'd love to hear a little bit about some success success stories is what i was about sex to say stories? No. success <laughs> stories um about some of the about some of the places that you've taken Girls Packed and, and the impact that it's had? Um, we, I think, uh, let me think. We have a lot. I like connecting what they're learning to, like, their real-world scenarios because obviously we could have this be a walking book of knowledge, but if we're not applying it to real-life circumstances. And so I do have, like, stories from a lot of the girls for each of our, like, kind of outcomes that we would expect, you know. And so one of our sayings is kind of like, don't waste the pretty. And it's um, – so one of the girls was like, yeah, you know, I kind of like this guy. And I realized he likes somebody else. And so I spent all this time on this person. And then it was like, why do I like this person? Like, I'm not going to waste the pretty anymore. And so mm. it's nice, I love that. you know, hearing mm-hmm. that, like, our messaging is sticking. And, you know, yeah. sometimes it might take a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, and there's been times where the girls – Um, like especially on my leadership team, would be educated on birth control and their friends will ask them about it and they can kind of, you know, direct them and point them in the right direction or advise them. So um, I like that, yeah, that we're giving them a message and they're kind of taking it with them. Yeah, it's so cool that implicit in this is, um, I think that was the right word I just used, but just that that you're – Having them be leaders first, yeah, because that's the best way to learn, right? Is yeah, to teach. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, and then there's some of them starting this in high school and taking it to their colleges too. They're like, "This is, I see the need here, and I want to start this here." Or? I would like that to happen. Yeah, um, we have a lot. There's a lot of seniors graduating this year, so I'm hoping that will happen a little more. Um, and and kind of staying consistent, like we were on SMC's campus, and then we didn't get back on just because of changes in schedules and all these kind of stuff with some of the leaders. But West LA, you know, should be we should be on campus there, and um, we spent some time at like LMU. I know I have a girl at like Mount mm, St. Mary's, mm-hmm. but I think it's getting them acclimated. It's hard for them to get in there their first year and be like, I'm going to start a club, you know. Right. So um, I th- I'm hoping next year will be 
kind of bigger for the college campus scene. That's cool. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to read a couple of these testimonials that are on oh, your yeah, website because yeah, yeah. they're so they great. They are great, yeah. Um, there's one about red flags. Um, Julissa, age 19, writes, When I was 17, I dated a 22-year-old. I was completely infatuated and thought our relationship was meant to be. He was emotionally to be abusive to me, but I was too blinded by love to see red flags. As I continued my involvement with Girls Pact, I started to notice the control he had over me. It was a completely unhealthy relationship, and I'm glad I had Girls Pact to help me through it. I'll never make that mistake again. I mean, that's amazing. That yeah. is amazing. Yeah. 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 Ugh. And there's another one that I really liked um, about birth control. This is Monica, 19. Um, I was dating a guy for a few weeks, and we decided to have sex. I was emotionally and physically prepared. I had been on birth control for several months, and I knew how to use a condom because we were not exclusive. The next day, I received a text from him. He told me that the condom had ripped and freaked out about me being pregnant. He insisted I needed to take a pregnancy test. I was more worried about ST STDs. I was confident that I wasn't pregnant, though, because Girl pa Girls Pact teaches us to take care of our sexual health. Like, that is such an empowered, yeah. like, responsible yeah. place to come from. Yeah. Yeah, at 19? I know. They're great. <laughs> we did, um, I had, like, on my leadership team at uh, Abbott Kinney, like, festival. They have, mm -hmm. like, a street fair. And we had a booth. And that's kind of, like, the main project of, like, the leadership yeah. team. And so they are there. We have, like, this trivia wheel. And it's, you know, it's asking kind of questions like this. Yeah. You know, like, how do you communicate with a partner? And right. give an example of assertive communication. And it's just awesome seeing them interact with adults that are, like, ah, I don't know. I don't want to talk about this. Right. You know, and then they yeah. have to, like, step up and share their experiences or give examples or talk about something. So is it is great. nice seeing that, like, they're confident in talking about their relationships and what they want and where they're going. Yeah. yeah. I got to read the consent one before we move Oh, on, yeah. Read it's it. so good. Read it. Consent. We get angry if people take our stuff, French fries, phones, hoodies, jewelry, without permission. We are trained from a young age to ask for permission to use a toy or borrow a pen. Why aren't we trained to ask permission to give someone a hug, hold someone's hand, or give someone a kiss? Consent isn't just about sex. Girls Pact has taught me that consent can be used in all areas of my life. I have the choice to say yes or no whether someone asks me to borrow borrow money or take my pants off and it doesn't matter who is asking friend or partner uh maria age 17 that is like i've never heard it put that way and it's very great yeah and powerful to put it that way mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> so cool yeah so how can people get involved um we have tons of ways people can get involved you can visit our website mm -hmm. we do have um, and i'll link that Okay. And we have a volunteer application on there and my contact information's there. And I mean, right now we're looking to fill lots of volunteer spots in terms of um, helping like business grow, you know, so fundraising kind of people, event planner kind of people, social media experts, um, a lot of like development, business development uh, type of people. And then there is room to kind of to go through like a train the trainer program. Mm -hmm. I know that just gets complicated for people because we meet at lunch and it's just hard for people's schedules. Um, so it's difficult if, you know, people want to work directly with the girls, depending on their schedule, it, it right. gets hard. But there's tons of opportunities to mix with them and then kind of help grow and get engaged with the organization in general. Yeah. Cool. And so people who are not in L.A. just sort of keep an eye on girls packed as it continues to develop and yeah and I mean if there one was day. I know yeah, yeah and like if it was somebody wanted to do 
like wanted us to do a workshop. Like I could right. figure a way figure it to out. do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm not going to turn down any opportunities, you know. And Cool. Um, so if it was somebody far, you know. And, yeah. Um, you know, I'm from Philly, so I'm like trying right. to make it happen there. So, yeah. Because we I'm, have a lot of listeners in this age group. Oh, so cool. if you're listening and this sounds exciting to you, um, send us an email at welcome to the clam bake podcast at gmail.com and we'll we'll talk to michelle and yeah and if they want to start clubs you yeah know, we can totally make that happen for sure cool yeah be so yeah, awesome yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, this has been so great yeah, this, this has been amazing yeah. yeah i could talk yeah. all day about all of this it's yeah. so important what you're doing it's just so cool thank yeah. you yeah thank you yeah thank you. <laughs> yes thank you for everything that you are doing i mean it's like the fact that none of this is available normally in school is um, just mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. We're a developed nation, and yeah, it's I know. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, drives me. We're nuts. so afraid of sex. Yeah, love violence, but it's all over. Hate like it's sex. oh, but it's everywhere. Everything, but yeah. you can't talk about it. Right, or, like yeah. do it or act like it affects you. Yeah, you know, it's nuts. It's yeah. so twisted. Nuts. Yeah. yeah, totally. Do you have any like a last like? piece of advice for any of the young men and women who might be listening? That's a really general question. I I think it the best... Maybe sex. It's specifically sex slash relationship advice. Yeah, I think um, don't waste the pretty. Like, that's what I find. Or don't waste the handsome, you know, however you need to use it. But I just think, like, I find myself doing that, of, like, spending time on somebody that I'm wasting my pretty on. Like, why? Why? You know? Know that it's not working and move on and put your pretty into somebody else kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be my takeaway. Don't I waste love the pretty. I love that. I love that. I feel like we got to give a shout out to our friends at I know. Don't, don't Waste Your Pretty. We have, a, we have a friends that have a podcast called Don't oh, Waste no Your way. Pretty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 So you use that phrase. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Own it. Ugh. Love it. Love yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you oh so much. Oh, my God. Thank much, you so Rachel. much. Yeah, this yeah. was fun. This Dang. was great. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta do our little. We'll uh, do a little outro. Yeah, remember yeah. I, I wrote it because I'm I'm doing. Oh, is it in this? Oh document? yeah, Lindsay, girl, oh I got you covered. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Thanks for listening, clams. Yeah, as always, follow us on Instagram at Welcome to the Clambake on Twitter at Clambake Pod or on Facebook. And our hotline is 657-243-3789. And if you're interested in being a clam ambassador, email us at welcome to the clambake podcast at gmail.com. We got trucker hats to give away. We do. Oh, and let's do a question this week. Um, how, let's say, let's ask. So, clams, if you want to call our hotline this week, we'd love to hear about the most effective uh, relationship technique you've ever used yeah call us at 657-243-3789 and let us know if you got a little piece of relationship advice you want to share yeah and thanks as always to campfire media our producer ryan counthouse please subscribe on apple podcast please 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 and rate and review it helps us so so much Um, thanks for being at the clam bake thanks for tuning in clams thanks for getting baked and thanks michelle (laughs) thank you (laughs) Bye. bye 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 How do you like me now? Maybe as a chowder or on a platter With melted butter and tangy mustard In a cluster from the coast of California A trust of luscious muscles bathed in the gravitational pull of the moon With a new batch coming soon Fresh baked and tastefully welcoming you To the clam bake Welcome to the clam bake Welcome to the clam bake Welcome to the clam bake
Amanda Salvatore. And I'm Jackie Ray Bell, and we are the hosts of Guilty Pleasure, the podcast that celebrates, elaborates, and experiences our odd interests. We talk with comedians, writers, and artists about their chosen guilty pleasure, like LARPing, Burning Man, Keanu Reeves, Alan Iverson, television shows, 60s and 70s rock and roll, and the list basically goes on and on and on. If you'd like to check us out, we have a new episode every single Monday. Delivered to you from Campfire Media. Find us on iTunes or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening. Campfire.